0: Hello and welcome to Valley Lights Church Online and happy Mother's Day. Today is Sunday in 2021 and it's Mother's Day and I love that we have a a holiday to celebrate. (laughs) A holiday Because moms, I don't don't even think one day a year is enough to really fully commemorate all the work that you moms put in. So, um, you know, your role in your family, can't possibly be measured and in society at large, I think sometimes the role is undervalued. So happy Mother's Day. I think uh, that dads sometimes get a bigger slice of the fun when it comes to parenting. Sometimes mom gets a bigger slice of the work and uh, that's actually been the case for us. There's been a few years where we do camping. I take my kids camping. Um, and a- every year I'll take my, my older kids and then since we've been having babies, Erin will stay home with wh- whoever is a baby at the time and, and make that sacrifice. And so I've gotten to enjoy plenty of s'mores and sleeping under the stars and she's gotten more time doing the baby thing by herself. Um, so I'm very, very grateful for my wife and her role. And uh, fun fact is we're going on a whole family camping trip for the first time in many years uh, in next month, in June. And so we just got a new big tent for that and we're very excited. Ironically enough, it's gonna be on Father's Day weekend. (laughs) So I also wanna say happy Mother's Day to my mom. Uh, Mom, you are the one that first sparked uh, a flame of interest in walking with God. And we went to church every Sunday together as a kid and you took me to, you drove me to youth group hundreds of times, and it's really because of the foundation that you laid in my life that has just set the direction of guidance of walking with God for my whole life. So, thank you for that. Happy Mother's Day to you, too. And uh, my name is Bruce Wood. I'm the lead pastor here at Valley Lights Church, and uh, I'm thrilled that you're here online or listening with us right now. Um, I'd love the chance to get to say hello, so leave some contact information. Being Mother's Day... Today is a day to reflect on the parenting journey from a variety of angles. It's a fun day of treats and getting some food and maybe flowers for some people, and it's a day of sad reflecting for others. You might be experiencing some grief and and just real sadness from losing a mom in recent years. Or if you want to be a mom and you haven't been able to do that yet, that can be extremely difficult as well. And wherever you land on this Mother's Day, I'm really glad that you're here because I think we have a message of hope that we'll find in the Bible. What if you're currently in the middle of the young parenting years and your your days are full of diapers or scooters or birthday parties and soccer practices? It can feel like the parenting and then just the work, and the chores, and all the stuff going on in the house is just never-ending drudgery. Um, it can be so stressful that you're not quite sure it's all going to pay off, or all the little things that you have to do every day if it's, if it's all that worth it. Or what if your kids are growing up in a single-parent home? Or, or they're in a home where there's tremendous tension in marriage. Uh, and the marriage under, is under a lot of strain. Do you wonder if you're doing enough as a single mother? Do you wonder if you're doing enough as a single father? Do you wonder if your investment in them is making enough of a difference? Or what if your children are grown adults, and they've left the house, and they've got their own lives, but they're not walking with God, and they are bringing you lots of grief and pain in the way that they go? Do you battle regret that you wasted the parenting years? Do you wonder if all the work that you put in has amounted to nothing? Parenting is a life-consuming responsibility. It's one of our, for those of us that are parents, it's a core responsibility in life. And so the message today is directed at parents, with it being Mother's Day, but it's, this is actually going to be a topic that's going to apply very well to other aspects of life, other things that you might pour yourself into. There may be other things in which you have invested yourself deeply. It could be a relationship. Uh, It could be building, not a person, but building a career. Or it could be a big project, like building a home or writing a book. As you encounter, um, as as you do these big efforts, you might encounter some similar thoughts where maybe just as you finish typing up the manuscript, the computer crashes and you lose everything where months of gardening get scorched in one weekend because the sprinklers broke. We all have things that we have thrown ourselves into, invested deeply, and at some point, we got weary, we got worn down. And especially if the project or the person seems to go up in flames, we wonder if it, if it was a whole worth it. Did I just waste all of my time investing in that thing? The message of hope for today starts with this. Your hard work as a parent is not in vain. Your hard work as a parent is not in vain. Any person that we invest in deeply or any endeavor or project that you start, if it's done with a mind to honor God, to really do it with Him in mind, for Him, that work is not in vain. Normally, we we, we tend to think in terms, really, of just this life. We might think, at the end of my life, What did I accomplish with my parenting? How did it go? What legacy did I leave? And those really are important questions. It's helpful to consider the results of what we've done and produced and what we've left on earth. But depending on the results, it might seem like you've failed, like it was all a waste, like you lived and you blew it, or it blew up and then you die and death has the final word. This is an approach that can make us walk around feeling defeated. And I'd like to look at a letter from the Apostle Paul towards the end of his letter called 1 Corinthians. He writes about death, because people tend to be a little bit more reflective on their life and and what they've done when they consider the ending of it. And Paul gives an answer to some of these big questions, the question of is all of my effort going to amount to nothing? Was it all a waste? And so, in 1 Corinthians 15, he writes, starting in verse 55, he says, "'Where death is your victory, where death is your sting. The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law.'" I'll, just, I'll explain what this means. People have a natural dread of death and dying. That, that sort of comes naturally to humanity. The reason that death stings us so bad is because we have all sinned. We have this moral guilt. We've done wrong, and most people would admit to that, and we fall short of God's glorious standards. We all start out on track to be swallowed up by death. And death is, you know, not only is it often painful, but there's this spiritual punishment that awaits us because of our sin. And so, if death was the end of the story for us, that means that everything that you worked for was a waste. And it'll amount to nothing when you die. It was all worthless. But there is more to the story. Paul writes in the next verse, he says, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Death does not have the final word. Through Jesus, we have a shining victory to anticipate. We will die physically, But it will not overcome us. We will decisively come out on top. When we decide to follow Jesus and we we place him in command of our lives, we jump tracks. We start out on the track headed towards eternal death, and then we jump tracks towards, you know, the tracks leading toward eternal victory. And sometimes we lose sight of this. Even those of us who have been Christians for a long time, when things that we've worked hard for turn out badly, we easily lose sight of this incredible hope. When things become difficult and it's just hard or the relationship starts crumbling or when parenting is just sucking the life out of me or when our effort goes up in flames, we might become despairing or anxious. We might shift our hope away from this gospel, this good news, from, uh, shift away from our sure victory in heaven. And be tempted to put our hope in something else. So Paul says, therefore, because of this hope that we have, my dear brothers and sisters, other places it's it's written, my beloved brothers, be steadfast and movable, always excelling in the Lord's work, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. He says, be steadfast and unmovable. What are things in life that make you feel unsteadfast or movable? <laughs> what causes us to waver, to get shaky, or, or to, to just start going off course? For me, one of the things is when I've really expended myself and really poured energy into something, and the results come back poorly, or, or they don't come back at all, or or I just, I think, man, I just, I did all that and I've wasted my time. I, man, I, I should have just, and I done something else or done differently. There was a time this week actually, I woke up real early, I was feeling the pressure of work and everything on my plate. And so I woke up hours before the rest of my family while it was still dark. I was like, I just need to focus and get some things done. And I had like writer's block <laughs> and I, ha- I had trouble making decisions. I-, I was up and I was functioning, but I was really struggling to, I actually ended up not even accomplishing any of my work. I was just, circling my work for a couple of hours. And that, then I was feeling frustrated about that. And I was discouraged that my time was slipping away. And I, I, was, I was trying to do the right things for the right reasons, but it wasn't panning out. And so as soon as my wife woke up, I, I just told her, I just wasted my whole morning. I would have been better off if I was sleeping. I don't think that was maybe a fun way for her to wake up <laughs> or a very encouraging start to her day when I'm just storming in all gloomy. I think the most important question to evaluate when, when we're thinking about our effort and our work is not what are the results, but the question is who am I doing it for? The results are important for sure. We do need to, we actually are accountable to produce something good in life. But we could produce tremendous results, but do it for the wrong reason, and then the whole thing would be wrong anyway. But we could really work hard for the Lord, and even if it all goes up in flames, this verse is saying it will not be in vain. You might feel beaten up, or you might feel worn down. Don't get despairing. Don't get discouraged. Don't get shaky. Keep trusting the Lord. Be steadfast, immovable. Be firm and rooted. Be unflinching, no matter the circumstances. So, when he says be steadfast and immovable, which is course, not a good description of how I felt earlier this week. I was really thrown around by the way that I was feeling. I was flinching. <laughs> I flinched at my workload. Be steadfast and movable, always excelling in the Lord's work, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. The thought so often goes to my w- mind, that I've wasted my time. And this thought plagues me when circumstances don't go the way that I anticipate. Or if something just takes longer than I thought it was gonna take, or there's some interruptions, or or it just I, I set out in a direction and then I end up having to pivot. The truth is that we can be confident that nothing that we do for God is a waste of our time or energy. Even if things pan out badly, our work is not useless. When Paul describes your labor in the Lord or our work, our work that's done for God, he's not just referring to elite Christian soldiers. (laughs) He's not just talking about pastors or missionaries or a Christian school teacher or or someone leading a Bible study. Labor or work in the Lord, it could simply mean changing a dirty diaper or breaking up a fight between kids. Um, It could just mean work in the Lord could be cleaning out your garage or faithfully praying for your grown children. Work in the Lord could just be the nitty-gritty administrative details of your job that nobody wants to do. Colossians 3.17, it, it tells us, whatever you do, whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Labor in the Lord. Even something as routine as eating breakfast could be done for God. In 1 Corinthians 1031, it says, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, just circle, underline that. It doesn't even matter. Whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. So much of our work is routine. There's, There's a lot of repetitive mundane things that you have to do every day, over and over again, and it is work. I mean, we're, we're, we're talking about work in the Lord, labor, it's work. <laughs> there are some exceptional moments in life where things are exciting and explosive, but most of life is kind of ho-hum, just kind of ordinary. What are some of your core responsibilities? If you're a parent, that's certainly one. But your job or career, any projects at home, or things that you're responsible for, maintaining your health, of, of the core responsibilities in your life, which ones are the most grinding? We can do all of that. We can do that work in the Lord. It matters the way that we go about it, if, if our aim is to please God in our approach. We can decide to do the right things for the right reasons. And the truth is, we don't really have complete control over the results anyway. We've got some control because there are, there is, you know, in terms of parenting, there are some more effective and less effective ways to train up a kid. There's more and less effective ways to do all of our work that can produce a better result. But as a parent, you're probably going to have some wins and some losses, and sometimes you're going to really blow it. I do. I, man, my attitude flies off. I had a time this week where I was. Um, circling the drain and discouragement and I thought I was keeping it to myself but my family noticed and uh, the way the way I was alerted to this is my oldest daughter she's nine she walks over to the kitchen and hands me a, a piece of paper and I open it and it's me and her and a dog and drawing she says I love you daddy I wouldn't want any other dad I hope you're doing okay <laughs> she picked up on on it and the way I was treating my family in that moment wasn't the greatest This passage urges us to stretch out the timeline. If you walk with Jesus, your life will end in triumph. You will enjoy lasting success, not because of what you built, but because of what Jesus has done. He paid the price and he earned the victory for us. So what Paul is saying is that knowing that our victory ultimately is certain for those that walk with Christ It it should motivate us to keep going. Keep going, parent. Keep doing the work of, of a parent. Always excel in the Lord's work. Paul says, keep throwing yourself fully into the work of the Lord. Work wholeheartedly, enthusiastically, with vigor and strength and intensity. Go after it. And it's work. It is hard work. It's demanding and exhausting. Sometimes you don't even see the fruit or the results of your work for years, especially when you're building a life. And Paul says we should abound in work. We should excel. This means our daily calendar should be overflowing with stuff, with with work of the Lord. And that's hard to do. You might be feeling physically exhausted. You might be feeling emotionally spent. Or the results that you do see might have cast you in despair. Are you tempted to just stop working at it? To let go? Just to to let the responsibilities slip? Get a, a slack hand? Or just to start cutting corners? Your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Don't get discouraged. Never get weary. Even when it looks like it's not paying off, don't get weary. Keep going. When you walk with Jesus, there is new value and meaning to all of the work in your life. All of the work that we do is building up towards something significant. Jesus himself points us to this truth. He he helps us expand our timeline and our vision. In Luke 14, he says, On the contrary, when you host a banquet, invite those who are poor and maimed or lame or blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. He says, there is good work that you can do right now, and you might receive nothing for it. You, you might get nothing back in this life. Maybe sometimes our kids, you know, they kind of seem like this. Very needy, very helpless, very off track. And sometimes you don't get a thanks, or there isn't reward for it. But Jesus says, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. One of the reasons that we can overflow with good work done for God is that our reward is not only in this life, but after death. Christ's followers will be raised to new life, and it is then that accounts will be settled. We actually don't deserve any reward. <laughs> Jesus is the only one that truly deserves any, any good thing. But God does amazingly, kindly give us repayment for the hard work that we put in right now. Your effort for him will not go unnoticed, even though it might go unnoticed or things pan out badly in other ways. To look around you right now and look at your life and decide if it's all been worth it is too short-sighted. All of our work as parents, or our work balancing a budget, or the work spent writing a book or building a house, or... All of the time that we spend battling our emotions and trying to bring our desires under control. All of it, all of our effort, God is taking note of the work that we put in. Mothers, you are not wasting your time. Fathers, your investment in your children is worth it. For all of you single moms, hold on. Stay in the fight. God is going to work through you to bring good to your children. You are so needed and so valuable. And right now, it may feel hard to fit in, being a part of this church. Single moms sometimes have a hard time fitting into social circles. I know that. But we, we want you here. <laughs> I am so glad that God has brought you here. And actually, our church community is better with you in it. So I'm very glad that you're here. For parents with grown children, and they're, they're out of the house, they're off maybe making bad choices, bringing you grief, you are not a failure. Remember that it is God who brings the ultimate victory, and he cares very deeply for your children, even more than we care for our own kids. It is certainly within God's power to bring life change to them. It's not too late to invest yourself in God's work. Your job is not over. You may or may not have an active role in your kids' lives, like presently and in person, but you can definitely have a role uh, in their life from a distance, praying, and a role here, helping us build a multi-generational community in this church. You're here because God is not done with you yet. So, as we consider these words and think about the encouragement that we get from this, you might be motivated to take some action. Here's some next steps that you might consider taking this week. One big next step is to decide to make Jesus the boss of my life. If you have not yet made a firm commitment to Jesus and to following the Bible, the whole thing, then you don't have a sure victory after death to count on. This is a big decision with a lot of implications, so let me know if I can help you sort through that. Another next step might be to memorize 1 Corinthians 15, 57 through 58, which is the main passage that we looked at today and use it to remind myself of our victory in Jesus. This is a verse that has provided tremendous encouragement to me when, when my emotions are slipping and I'm, I'm getting overwhelmed or worn down. You all, also, you might pray daily this week and ask God to help me approach my work with vigor and intensity. Getting discouraged and getting gloomy is easy. I've done it a million times. It happens a lot. But God is faithful to respond to our prayers. He can supply supernatural strength for the work. Another next step might be to get godly advice on how to overcome a challenge with my parenting or or some of the work that I'm doing. Maybe you feel stuck and you're just not sure what to do. You want to work at this thing and you want to go after it, but you need help. Reach out and get some help. It's really easy and common for parents to not want to ask for help because doing that means I'm doing something wrong, or someone else knows more than me about this. And that's really hard, that's hard to do. The fruit of our parenting approach often, well, it takes years before a lot of the fruit starts showing up. It's kind of like planting an avocado tree, and years and years later, the avocados finally show up. Parents who get to the teenage years tend to be more open and interested in, getting, in getting, getting help and advice. Because maybe the fruit that's produced and is on the tree is different than what they wanted. And it's different than what they were expecting. But the solution is growing the right kind of tree and that, and that takes a discussion that, that, that really ought to have happened years and years ago. So if you haven't gotten parenting advice recently, that might be a helpful place to start. And then finally, another next step might be to direct more of my energy toward church, community, and serving. We we are commanded to abound and to overflow, to excel in the work of the Lord. This might be a great time to invest yourself in relationships here at church, get to know people more and spend time with people, or in volunteer opportunities, ways to, to help out. If you're anything like me, then there may be some days when you say, I don't know if I got what it takes. I, and I don't, know, I don't know if I know what to do or how to do it or if I have the strength to do it. Or if I'm even, I might even just mess it up. I don't know if I have what it takes to be firm and immovable, to be overflowing and enthusiastic in my work, to be the kind of dad that I ought to be or the man that I ought to be. The truth is, And I've had to come to grips with this. I don't have what it takes. I don't. On my own, I cannot produce what's needed, but I do believe and I have seen that God will give me what it takes to produce what's needed. Often I've been so encouraged by the words of that God spoke to Paul in 2nd Corinthians when he said, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is perfected in weakness. And so Paul said, Therefore, I'm going to boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may reside in me. This means I may walk into situations that, and I'm in nowhere my head, and I don't really know what to do. I don't know what's needed or if I can do it. I go in as prepared as possible, but ultimately I trust God to provide what's needed. And His power and His glory will be displayed through It'll shine through my meager efforts, and the, the little that I offer, my, my weakness, He shines through. The gospel, the good news, the, the truth that we can hold tightly to today is that death and sin have been defeated. So nothing that we do for God will be a waste. And so we can enthusiastically throw ourselves into the work of the Lord. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for this encouragement and the way that we know that there's something valuable eternally that we can cling to, a reward that we can anticipate, that motivates us to, to really make the most of life right now and what you've given us. I thank you for making me a parent, giving children to me and Aaron. Thank you for the many parents here and for the moms that we recognize today. Would you give fresh motivation Help us to take courage for the work that's in front of us right now. I pray that we would set our minds and hearts to please you in our work and in our labor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I pray that you have an excellent week, that you connect with the Lord each day, and I hope to see you again next week.